Eits jolla kali. What's up? Welcome. We are presenting another episode of CPS. Cruel Public Schooling. It is the middle ground between unrest and discipline. Between injustice and corruption. And it lies between the pit of a student's fears. And the summit of their knowledge. This is the dimension of education. It is an area which we call the cruel public schooling. A dimension that intends to scrutinize the CPS system through its core from a student's eyes. And welcome back. Remember, this is Cruel Public Schooling, a segment where we talk about any issues or corruption that is revolving CPS. And, you know, this segment is kind of used as a platform to speak out on issues that pertain to students, teachers, and parents. But specifically in this episode, oh, I almost forgot to introduce myself. My name is Melissa. But yeah, just going on to that, um, this episode is aimed to kind of focus on college admissions and just the college process in general. As many of you may know, um, I'm a senior in high school, and what that means is I'm applying to college, and it's pretty stressful. I'm not going to lie. Just kind of putting that out, like, I'll be kind of the first one graduating from high school in my family, and hopefully be the first one graduating from college. So definitely this is something very different since I don't know how to do anything of this, if I'm being honest. But I have learned some stuff right now, and obviously I'm going through this process with other seniors, so... So yeah, it's I'm kind of learning every day. But if I had some type of advice, I would say um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I know for this specifically, it's very difficult for me just because I'm a person who's kind of afraid to ask for help just because I feel like I might be wasting this person's time or just something like that. But when you're in times of distress, you'll do anything. And definitely that's what is, what's been happening. Um, I had the courage to ask people for help. And yeah, it's made a lot of a difference. But other than that, um, make sure you fill out financial aid because that's money for school. Come on, like that's free money. Take advantage of that. Um, and yeah, college is expensive and it, it's ridiculous. But I think specifically this topic is very relevant just because um, a lot of students in CPS come from immigrant families. And this is like maybe a very difficult process for all of us because either even if you don't have like an immigrant family, you might still be the first one graduating from high school or at least going to college. So yeah, it's a very difficult process because you really don't know what you're doing. But at least from my experience, I'm learning every day and just kind of taking advantage of the things I have right now. Obviously, I don't really have much of a connection right now since we're in a pandemic and everything is online. I do find it kind of difficult to find out stuff or ask for help or at least communicate with a lot of my teachers or counselors in general just because um, I'm kind of communicating through email. So obviously I'm like sending emails. I'm like, oh, can you put my fee waiver in or my letter of recommendation? So it's obviously a very difficult process, but keep your head up high. But yeah, just in general, I do think it's a very stressful process right now just because a lot of us don't know what we're doing um but yeah seriously just kind of take advantage of like of the help you can get and 
I think right now, the advantages right now is that we can literally Google everything. So just take advantage of that. Um, I know when I was having trouble, I would call the admissions office from their university, from the university I was applying to, and they would kind of guide me through everything and they would kind of tell me. Um, at least for any questions I had during their application or whatever. So obviously they're like a phone call away. So take advantage of that. If you don't have a phone, I know a lot of them host Zoom calls and you're just waiting there until they like respond to you. So that's pretty cool. So definitely this just maybe a new process for a lot of kids right now who are seniors class of 2021 who a way different experience in applying to college and all that. But yeah, seriously take advantage of that. But just to sum up everything, we have an awesome interview with a teacher from Clemente High School. Um and his name is Mr. Bowani and more on him, he's a senior seminar teacher and you know, he's guiding his students through this college admission process. And, you know, he's kind of telling his experience with it and, you know, just in general advice he would give to students who are, you know, worried about college or really don't know what they're doing. So, yeah, um, I really love this interview. Um, I feel like this is also like a prime example of how dedicated a lot of teachers in CPS are and truly like kind of the importance of teachers in CPS and in general how you have figures who care about what your future is going to be and just who really do care about the next generation and their, just the livelihood of their students. So definitely, um, I really enjoyed this interview and I felt like it was really heartfelt. But enough of me just blabbering and just ranting about how good this interview was. Maybe you guys should listen to it and coincidentally, I am going to play it. So I hope you enjoy this. Yeah, so my name is Maurice Bowani. I am a English and history teacher at Roberto Clemente Community Academy. I'm also the department chair for history. So second question would be, how was your college experience? Ah, oh, man. So the college application and college experience were awful. I never met my counselor while I was in high school. So I, I left Chicago public schools to the suburbs, which is like arguably the worst thing that ever happened. Uh, and I still say that. I really didn't have any guidance and like, you know, growing up in an immigrant household, the idea is like, you know, you should be self-sustaining. Um, not in a toxic way, but my parents were just like, hey, we're going to put a roof over your head and we're going to put food on the table and you got to figure things out. So I always was accustomed to navigating things on my own, but college, when I was in high school, one, like I really struggled at the school because there was a, a different environment and like when you jump to a school that's 97% white uh, and you're like a unicorn, right? It can be really problematic. So, you know, my first experience as a, as in that high school was they thought I was a English language learner because I didn't say anything during orientation. So they took my schedule, gave it back to me and were like, all these classes were English language learners. So my counselor already was a terrible person who really didn't understand or try to get to understand me. Uh, by the time senior year came, uh, I had one meeting where they provided me a list of schools that would be a good fit for me. And I did not qualify to any of these schools based on my GPA, based on my SAT. Uh, and then later on, I kind of realized later that week that the name on the top was another student. So even the counselor didn't know who I was. So needless to say, I went to um, community college for two years. I dropped out and I dropped out of another school and then another and then another and then another and then another. Uh, and then ultimately, I got my life together around the age of 26, which was seven years ago. And I graduated uh, from Northeastern at 29. So kind of like the deepest reflection I can give you is these struggles now 
empower me to do whatever I can for my students as they're getting in the process. Because to me, guidance becomes a, a very important theme in my life. And the lack of guidance in my life has caused me a ton of grief, right? A lot of heartache, some issues that I can't really, that I'm still trying to articulate as a 33-year-old. Whenever I interact with my students on their on their college applications, like right now I teach senior seminar uh, and English for like I get a ton of letter of recs. I'm doing whatever I can to give them all the information I can to re co-research things with them, but to make sure that whatever decision they make, they feel they're supported, they feel they're listened to because I didn't have those experiences. Just going more in depth with that, like what specifically were your difficulties like during your admission process? If you could explain more on that. Yeah, I mean, I started late on everything, right? I just, we literally didn't have a seminar class, so I missed a lot of deadlines. I also was applying to schools that I didn't qualify for. So I guess like, in a nutshell, I don't think I was admissions literate. Like I didn't realize what I was looking for, what a good fit would be. I didn't do a career interest survey, so I didn't know who I wanted to be as a person. I literally was living my life off of, you know, whatever everybody in the Pakistani and Indian community was doing. Oh, that guy's an accountant? Does it make a lot of money? Cool, I'll try to be an accountant. Whoa, that guy's a pharmacist? Does it do? Does it make a lot of money? Cool, I'll try to be a pharmacist, even though I sucked in science and math. I still was, I still was following these pursuits because I really had no clue, right? Um, and then not knowing deadlines, not knowing what a major is, not knowing what a minor is, not understanding. Probably the mistake that haunts me to this day is not understanding what the hell I was doing with financial aid. Like I signed up for a ton of garbage ass loans that I'm still suffering from because I had no clue. And I was also, hey, whoever's going to give a private loan, let me know. I'll sign. I have a pen, right? That's literally how I was walking around sometimes. And all of that just magnified into being in classes you shouldn't have been in, taking out loans you shouldn't have taken out, dropping out of schools that you had no business in being in, right? Especially those private expensive schools that will take you, but also will be happy to ding you for every single, every single thing. So the, the admissions process to me was a bottom-up, top-down, left, right, east, west, any way you want to approach it, an absolute failure. Because I had no idea of what a good fit looked like. I had no idea of who I wanted to be as a person. I had, no, I had no idea about alternative admissions tracks. I had no idea about mentorship, about guidance, and about third parties, right? Like, what, like I think about what a senior seminar would have meant for me. Now, I imagine what that would have meant for me if I had like an embark, a one goal, a uh, Yemoja, right? Even though like we don't respect Yemoja on this side, but that's a story for another day. Um, without having these things, like literally you're walking around just hoping to get, hoping to find a home wherever you go. And that with college, that can be a very expensive mistake. And it could also, of course, uh, hurt you at a socio-emotional level. So it's always, 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 um, it's something I deeply regret. And, you know, just going on how you kind of wish you kind of had that guidance in a senior seminar, more specific, um, just going more into you right now as a teacher, like, how do you introduce your students to the college application process? Teaching at Clemente, one, uh, just in general, shout out to that place. If anybody ever hears this, Roberto Clemente is the best school on the planet. I love that place with all my heart. Um and I love those kids and I love those families. So it's hard, you know, like you're getting, you're getting a lot of students in our community. Like we're a community school, we're a neighborhood school. Everybody's welcome, right? And we live in a, a very difficult Chicago where people create systems of hierarchy with children's education, right? Selective enrollment, IB, all this, all that, right? All this stuff. And, you know, it's emotional too, because you know, a lot of these kids, they haven't had 
people and their family graduate high school and, or, or like, you know, college is not even in the orbit when you think about that. Right. And like, I remember two years ago and I, and I get sidetracked. So I apologize. We were fighting really hard to eliminate this contract that the school wanted to implement that put children's graduation on the line, right? Like specifically, will you walk on the stage? Will you not? And I remember how angry me and my, my colleague Monica got that we like just dismantled it. And we were like, you know, this could be the only moment where a lot of our students cross the stage. And that's, those are the realities that exist in a space like ours. So, you know, like the college application process or introducing it, like we're working towards developing a college going culture, right? But like where, where you have to kind of get real with yourself as a teacher is understanding like, what does college mean for so many students? What does it mean for students who are diverse learning students? And we know colleges usually really, really discriminate against those students, right? It's like, whatever, dude, you're in college. We, we have expectations of you not realizing that people can bring whatever they can to the table and they can be amazing, right? And people learn differently and people in themselves are not meant to be discarded or compartmentalized to a position and saying that this is it and this is what you can do, right? Go get a job, go get a trade. But you really have to really evaluate those questions. Like what, what does it mean to some of your students? And sometimes you have those painful moments where, you know, students will tell you, frankly, like this is not for me right now based on my context, Mr. Bawani. Like my parents are expecting me to work right away. My parents have me working now because I am focal to the support of the community. So you have a lot of these powerful discussions early, right? And you really, and it's important to have those moments. Like I, I want to talk to my kids about what college meant to me personally and what it means to them and what it could open up for them. So you have personal conversations and then you, and then you go through the heartache, which has been really hard the last two years. And we've really tried as a school, but we, we need to be better about this. But like talking to students about those mistakes you made freshman, sophomore, junior year right? And how those add up when you realize your GPA is 2.3 and you notice that the door becomes like this, right? But then there's hope, right? And you and you uplift your kids and you talk about, you know, Leola Arupe, their program is phenomenal. You talk about city colleges and all these different options that are there. And you talk about HBCUs or historically uh, uh, his, or Hispanic serving institutions, right? Areas where students have succeeded, even though they didn't do well in high school, because the community looks like that because they're represented in the curriculum and the teaching. So it's 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 every single thing, right, at Clemente. And it, it, it's like, you know, one week we started at like even having these real conversations, now we're actually applying. So for me, like it starts off with an interest survey. It starts off with real discussions about like, you know, what is the relationship of the community around you, right? People who you love, family, friends, educators, you know, anyone that you feel is in your orbit, what is their relationship to education? And what is that meant to you, right? So if you come from spaces where education has never been a priority, but here you are in my class attentively listening, how do you deal with that conflict? So it's asking students these type of questions, asking them, you know, even those old school questions, like close your eyes five years from now, where are you? Where are you royalty woods? Where are you five years from now, right? Marquise Poe, where are you five years from now? What is Marquise up to? And like finding those aspirations and emotions and seeing what post-secondary pathways exist around those. So a lot of times it's a lot of grief, right? Like I've had, you know, kids cry to me about like, man, Bawani, I really love UIC, but I can never get it, right? And then talking about those old school conversations about what a dream deferred is versus a dream deterred, right? And like how we, how we find a way, how we make things happen and how we stay in touch, right? We stay in touch throughout, even when you're gone, you're still my student at post high school. And what can I do for you in those spaces? So it, it's it's emotion. It's a lot of head scratching. It's a lot of 
frustration. It's a lot of throwing against the wall and trying to figure out what sticks. It's everything. And it's it's just, it's fueled by, again, like at least for me, like if I can give you every ounce of preparation and, and protect you from every ounce of heartache I went through, I'll, I'll do it. And just going on to the next question, just how do you how do you help your students find out the right colleges for them? Like, can you give us some more insight about the process? Yeah. So really kind of I mean, like, what are the things guiding you? Right. What are your priorities? Um, the areas where I personally feel fulfilled when students say priority, like for a college fit is somewhere like a, like an environment conducive to who I am. Right. Like whether the interviews, virtual tours or back before COVID, the regular tours made sense. Like, what do you feel? Can this place be home, right? Like, that's always one of those where I'm like, yes, okay, you're saying this is a good school for you because they have your major, they have a career that you're interested in, uh, or a pathway towards that. You love the campus, you like the student-to-teacher ratio, you like the the class offerings, the clubs, right? Uh, Those are always great. But more often than not, you're going to talk to students about values, right? Like, do I want the school that gives the most financial aid? Uh, absolutely. Let's sit down, match that school to a school that does it, that has more of a fit. Let's do pros and cons. Let's do some evaluations. So we do a lot of thinking about this, right? And we have to unfortunately navigate these deadlines that CPS gives because they just want to churn out numbers more than they want to churn out human beings that actually want to do this, want to go on this journey, right? But like we have a lot of intentional conversations and we develop value systems, right? What's my number one priority? Yo, Buwani, my number one thing is I need to make sure that the school is inexpensive. All right, cool. Let's go from there. Now let's have a debate. Let's have a conversation, you and me. Let's say this school is everything to you, but it's more expensive than this school. How are we going to decipher this, right? How are we going to make a decision? So it usually starts with understanding their value systems and doing the work that we should have been doing freshman and sophomore year. You know, proximity. Do you want to be close to home? Do you have obligations that force you to be close to home? Do you want to have that full out-of-state experience, right? Are you concerned about FAFSA? And then mitigating a lot of the financial stuff with scholarship talk, but like it's a real concern, right? Debt. How much debt do you want to take away? Does this school have your major? If it doesn't, but it's your favorite, what's the secondary major? Or like if you're doing education, how can you potentially, well, how can you potentially focus on sociology? And then if you do want to be a teacher later, what do they offer for certification programs or stuff like that? So we try to cover A to Z, but when we're starting, I really look at their personal interest survey, like where their heart's at, have them evaluate what the solar system in their life has been like with education, and then evaluate their priority, proximity, fit, school size, cost of school, major uh, programs, stuff like that. Going more specific during COVID, um, has it been challenging for your students to apply for college during the pandemic? And if you could elaborate just examples of yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a mixed bag, right? Like, I think what, what really blew my mind initially was like, how many kids got their FAFSA done way before the October 31st, uh, or sorry, the way before the deadline, but as soon as applications open, right? And it's, we realize how accessible it is to be at home by a computer and, and, you know, be able to yell at your guardian. We have taxes and stuff like that and then fill it out, right? So it's like, we got 90 kids out of 120 done. To get 90 in a regular circumstance, historically, it takes to like February, right? So we have like 90 kids done, which is awesome. So they're going to get access to, you know, Pell Grants, um, Illinois state money, federal money, which is crucial, right? Getting that out of the way. What's really sucked is like, I had a lot of plans this year to take students to local school tours, right? Like we're going, I'll meet you guys at Loyola on Saturday. We're gonna walk around the campus, meet you guys at Northeastern. Those things we can't do sadly during this period, 
So we had to rely a lot on virtual tours, but I think like the fact that students are developing like, you know, literacy and, re and tech tools that have been huge that we really don't get advantage to in a school like ours that didn't have tech for everybody, but now they're in this situation, they're able to do a lot more research. They're able to use apps. Like I'm in love with this app. I've been demoing it to my kids all day. Uh, it's called College Hunch. And I promise I'm not paid by them, but like it is the best app, like in my opinion. So like, you know, being able to like work with them at home at this, like doing this in school, we'd have to wait for a lab. <laughs> we had to hopefully get a lab or get the iPad carts. So like working with them on these apps, showing them, giving them virtual tours has been awesome. But what's been hard is like the fact that you're not there sometimes to work with them on personal statements or to work on applications essay, right? One-on-one -on -one and really like have those genuine moments that you could have when you're working with someone and talking to them about intentionality. What the hardest part about remote learning is that you don't get to read the emotions on your students. And this is a particularly emotional time, right? So sometimes you feel like when you're looking at a screen where the camera is off, even when you're in office hours or tutoring hours, it's hard for you to get a read, right? So like my biggest consideration is I'm always worried that I'm giving kids tasks. I don't want this to be a task-based process. I want this to be where your heart's at, where your emotions are at. So it's been a benefit that kids have access to tech. They can do things like on the spot. Um, you know, filling out the Common App has gotten extremely easy this year with kids, like working them through that. But the difficulty is like, you know, are we making decisions or are we having our students make a decision with one eye, one eyes closed because we're in a, in a sheltering in place type life, right? Um, but like things have gotten accessible. You have folks from different schools happily jumping on Zoom, explaining you the school, but it would be nicer to actually physically be at the campus. It's something we never did that well, but we really made the intention this year that we were going to raise money. We were going to, you know, shoot, pay out of our own pockets to make sure students could get to certain areas in Chicago that haven't, they haven't been to, right? Like a lot of students don't know Lincoln Park, right? And a lot of them want to go to DePaul and they can go to DePaul. So like showing that part of that campus, showing them that community would have been a big deal. We're just trying, we're trying our best. What are the common mistakes you've seen students do during their admission process? Um, so skipping some essays is, is something, right? Like, you know, you're like, oh, it's 200, 300 words. Do I not want to? Don't skip those essays, right? Like, I know it's annoying, but like, you got stuff to say, say it, right? Let the school get to know you. Give them a chance to get to learn about you. I think that's important. Um, be mindful of, of um, you know, be mindful of deadlines. Like, that's a huge thing, right? Like, because the thing is self-management and all these different skills are going to translate wherever you go in life. When you go to college, you're going to have to create a schedule, build timelines, build, you know, build space for yourself. Same thing in life. So use that practice. Use that as motivation right now. Um, and then third, don't be afraid to ask for help. Some of my students right now are just trying to pound through things uh, because they just, you know, they feel for many reasons, they feel like, you know, they just need to do this solo. You're not alone in this process. You're not. Reach out to people. Ask for help. Um, and, and say what you feel, right? Like, is this place a good fit? Mr. Buwani, can you really sit down and break down why DePaul would be a good place for me? And what are some things I should worry about? This is a big part of life. And, like, it's okay to express that to people that you trust that, hey, this is important. And I want to take this seriously, right? There are a lot of people being very casual about it. That's, that's their choice, right? And it's cool to be casual about it. But if you feel a certain type of way, then like, let that guide you, right? If you feel like this is a very big choice for you and you wanna know everything you can, ask people for help, right? Like, 
that stuff is that stuff will be the difference between in many instances you know financial aid will be the difference in getting to the right school will be the difference between like advocacy for yourself right it's just like in my opinion the easiest way you can kind of learn as you go around and make mistakes but know that folks are in your corner to support you <laughs> wonderful and last but not least last question is what advice would you give your students when they go off to college spend a lot of time in the, in the writing center because uh, i was terrible at writing and that really changed my life the way uh all the wonderful folks at northeastern who taught me how to actually write write an essay i will i will cherish you forever be communicate with your communicate with your professors cut them some slack too you know sometimes with high school we've over scaffolded things for you and we make some things a little bit too easy uh but communicate to your professors um and just you know try your best try your best and like like i genuinely feel like if you're giving all you have and you're trying and you're trying to work through some things you're spending extra time studying asking for help you you won't be denied of your dreams like that's that's the truth and like you'll start realizing too that even even a grade or a professor for my language um even one of these people can't deter you from who you want to be so like just put your heart into it and then keep in mind right like the things that you want to accomplish in life why you're doing those things and who you're trying to and you know i always tell my kids it really affects them especially so many of my kids who want to work in social services there there are going to be so many people in the future waiting for you waiting for you and the advocacy you could do for them like think about those people right like especially for my kids who want to be teachers there's going to be a lot of students who are going to need you right they're going to be for social workers there's going to be a ton of people who need you for journalists there's going to be a ton of truth and light that you need to shine on things keep that in mind there are going to be there are people you haven't even met who are going to really really appreciate you one day and we're back and that was the interview with Mr. Buani and I enjoyed it, so you better have enjoyed it too. But just in general, um, I'm going to be telling what the latest news is about CPS and as of right now for any COVID-19 updates. But yeah, let's start with that. Um, so as of so as of November 24th, because I'm recording this on November 24th, Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced that um last Tuesday that the first students to return to school will be pre-kindergarten classes and students who require special education and that'll be on January 11th and hopefully the return of K through 8th grade will be on February 1st that is you know kindergarten through 8th grade for high school students we're still going to be in remote learning and you know I'm probably going to graduate on on Google Meets but you know that's fine But you know that's fine. Um but other than that the the exception is for um special education students who will, you know, have to go during in school. But uh, but other than that the Chicago Board of Education um met virtually on Wednesday morning and that was a day after they announced the in-person um learning and that was November 18th. But just to be more specific, for a lot of 8th graders, they will be taking like a lot of them will be taking a 3-hour test that for selective enrollment. As of right now, they do have like, you know, open um I guess appointments if you would say. So I believe they'll be taking it at five testing sites and that was like I think the beginning of November 14th. And obviously, they're going to be taking care of, you know, safety measurements available and, you know, they're going to have safety measurements and obviously hygienic protocols. because of COVID-19 but just in general there will be i think six dates in December for you to kind of take that test 
and maybe have more of a rolling on like basis depending on like how many students still need to take the test but in general um like i know my sibling is um applying a selective enrollment so i would say just check your go cps account if you're parent of an eighth grader or for some reason you're an eighth grader listening to this you know they should have that i also believe your elementary school will like tell you about what's happening so so yeah just be you know mindful of that but other than that um this was kind of the end of cps i hope you really enjoyed this episode just because college admissions in general is a topic that is pretty much really relevant to a lot of to a lot of cps students and it's just a very different experience it's just acknowledging how a lot of us um again are going through a pandemic and you know just in general a lot of the students from cps will be the first ones to graduate high school and maybe you know furthering their education so this is definitely a very important topic but before that i will want to thank um my mentor for city bureau um kelly because she put me in contact with with this awesome interview and just in general she kind of helped me structure this whole um this whole show so thank you so much for that but you know just to say my final goodbyes um i really hope you enjoy the show again i am melissa and this was cruel public schooling a segment where we talk about any corruption in cps or any relevant issues that you know pertain in cps This was another episode of CPS. Cruel Public Schooling. Ah!